The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're at the halfway point. Still a long way to go, and we have you covered here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Clay Link of Rotowire.com here with FSWA Hall of Famer Todd Zola, as usual on Fridays. Good to be back with you, Todd. Um, air quality here in Wisconsin hasn't been great, and we've had some, you know, it's kind of been affecting the sports world a little bit. But how are you doing in uh, the East Coast area? It would help if I went outside to be able to judge air quality. Haven't, haven't done that as much as I probably, probably. good. Well, good yeah. thing if it's anywhere close to what it's like here in Wisconsin. Yeah. You'll find this hard to believe. I, I have to take vitamin D pills. Yeah. I don't get the sun very much. Anyway, you, know, uh, you can see me. I'm pale as can be. <laughs> anyway, no, I don't, things... I don't tan. My freckles just get bigger. Ah, there we go. One big blob. Oh man. Tanning. I was tan one summer when I was growing up because I was a landscaper. And ever since, that's about it. My picture's freaking out. It's like Max Headroom. Anyway, um, things are good. Things are good. Uh, some good some good ball this week. One more week before the All-Star break. Um, looking forward to a couple of days uh, doing the Cape Cod League, then a couple of days back here where I'm basically just cleaning my house and working on our, our 10 and 7 uh, – wait, our – Three and ten day pitching rankings. Nice, man. Well, I hope during the break you're able to, you know, catch your breath a little bit. It's yeah. not much of a break, but uh, it's good. Looking forward to it coming up here. And uh, yeah, about the halfway point of the season, still a ton to long way to go, and still, you know, a lot to decipher here in the fantasy baseball world as we try to win some leagues. And Todd, it is Jordan Westberg's season. He'll probably be the big pickup in NFBC leagues and most leagues this coming weekend. He was already stashed in the stake league. But what a start for Jordan Westberg. Uh, five hits and 12 at-bats. Two walks against only one K. He was caught stealing, but, man, it looks like uh, this prospect is here to stay and locked into regular playing time for Baltimore. We've said that about a couple others that it hasn't worked out, but right now that's the way it looks. He played second. He played third. He played mostly shortstop in the minors. Um, we'll see 
if that continues, but it sounds like Baltimore's going to move them around. They sent they sent down uh, Luis Arias, right? So there's definitely some spot for him. Well, not I'm not sure who uh, you're not referring to Ramon Arias. Ramon Arias, yeah. Well, well, yeah. All right, you know what? Luis Arias was sent down by Milwaukee. Yeah, I'm getting right. it mixed up in my head. Oh, good. Yep. I just wanted to clarify. It does no, seem like, yeah. well, you know, Jorge Mateo's kind of I that's mean, he's still that's, tentatively yeah. atop the depth chart, but could be squeezed a little bit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I expect him to be a pretty hot item this weekend, uh, Jordan Westbrook. But with him off the market in the stake league, Nick Gonzalez was the top pickup. Not as hot of a start for him, though. He does have a homer. Uh, Nick Gonzalez with an S at the end uh, for Pittsburgh, a high draft pick a few years ago. So he, he has the pedigree and he too looks like he'll play a fair amount. Uh, you expect better days to come performance wise for Nick Gonzalez. I mean, pedigree says yes. So we're going to have to go with that. G1 Bay has been squeezed a little, but it's because he hasn't played very well. So, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh, just as it looks like they're falling out of things, they go on another little winning streak, which is kind of what they did. Henry Davis is performing better than Gonzalez. So I think Gonzalez gets to look. Man, your camera is going wild. It is, isn't it? I hope. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, I didn't, I recently found out about the Max Headroom conspiracy theory that, do you ever hear about how there was like that TV station, um, they like hijacked a TV signal and played Max Headroom. But anyway, it sounds I was thinking like, more it sounds NWO. Like, I was going to say, it sounds like DX. <laughs> I was thinking more NWO, the way your camera's flashed. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about DX as far as hijacking the uh, the truck. But anyway. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I no issues audio-wise, so we'll power on here. I grabbed Mickey Moniac for six. Now, you look at our depth chart. Mickey Moniak technically doesn't have a spot atop the Jeb chart, but he has been playing a fair amount and actually was led off against two of the last three right-handers the Angels have faced. And he's been playing okay more than anything in the 16-team league. My last outfielder spot has been brutal. I still have Kike Hernandez in there. So I wanted to get a guy who at least has a little upside, is playing a little bit, even if – doesn't appear to have a starting everyday spot on the depth chart. Yeah, I. If anybody who follows lineups, the Angels, I mentioned Pittsburgh, Boston, you could change them every day and not get it right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, they're very fluid. You have that extra player. So you want to, I mean, you know, so it's, it's tough to do. But yeah, they have a ton of, even though some of the parts are kind of, eh. Yeah, and, uh, quite a few moving parts. But Renfro has hit a couple homers, and Taylor Ward seems to have gotten things back together again. So it, it's tough to fit all these pieces. But like mm-hmm. you say, Moniak has played against right-handed play, uh, pitchers lately. So yeah, I mean it's worth the pickup. Um, you got a week, you know, another week, and then you got a whole three or four days to really evaluate what teams will do over the second half. So. You mentioned Taylor Ward. He has picked it up a little bit. Um, 742 OPS, three homers in June. 
Uh, I, he has kind of been the, the guy sitting at Moniac's expense in recent days, but yeah, I could shift back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Moniac at least has fared okay and gives me a, a slight bit of upside. I can at least squint and see a little bit. Um, Nick Madrigal was also picked up. Uh, so Nick Gonzalez was 11, Madrigal 7, then Moniac 6. Bryce Terang for 4. Uh, Justin Lawrence, it's tough trotting out Colorado closers, but if you need saves, you need saves. Brian Hoeing picked up for three. Gene Segura for three. Mike Soroka for three. He's getting the start tonight for Atlanta. You got to mention in their chat here just briefly. Um, I, uh, I, I don't see him going off, Uncle Ted. He didn't go off when he was good. So um, if going off true. is five innings with four strikeouts, you know, go rocket ship. That's a Soroka's on over his skis four years ago. Um, I'm not expecting a ton. Yeah, he uh has pitched really well in the minors this year. Um, at least recently, according to our notes, uh, a 142 ERA, 079 whip, 18 Ks over 19 innings and three starts with Gwinnett since being optioned. So he was up briefly before, uh, set down and has since pitched really well for Gwinnett. Put down Take the pipe, Uncle Ted. For what it's worth. Put down the pipe, Uncle Ted. Ain't happening. In case, <laughs> no. Would you pick him up though in a fifteen-team league? At nope. least? No. 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 Not even in. No, he's 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 not over. He. It's a name value, and we we just did not get the regression that we should have gotten because he hasn't been healthy for the past three years. Mm-hmm. He's not that good. He's not that good. Yeah, he did. Uh, he's no Julio. He's no Julio Teneron. Oh, wait, never mind. Didn't make a splash earlier in his career, but. Um, but his, his expected numbers were running a half above his actual back then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's know. true. That's true. All right. Other pickups from the Stake League. Uh, Oscar Colas for three. Um, he's been red hot at AAA. We'll see if he gets another opportunity. But, oh, the White Sox are just red hot. Oh, wait, never mind. Man, the White Sox. I picked up James Caprillion for two, dropping Louis Varland, who was sent to the minors. So I'm not going to start Caprillion this week, but and he's not a great option, but at least gives me some starting depth. Gives me another starter in case, well, inevitably when one of mine gets hurt. And, you know, Caprillion, at least for what it's worth, he has a 3 4 7 ERA over his last four starts and a 19. To nine K to walk, only two homers in his last 23 and a third innings. So he's streamable at home. Not sexy, yeah, but streamable. Let me see. Um, so I mentioned he, I'm not going to start him this week. He is this weekend home against the White Sox. Next week he'd be at Boston. Probably won't start him there, but at least, you know, it gives me another starting option in case I, I get desperate at some point. Um, Brandon Lau picked up for two. What's up with Brandon Lau? Is he making. He's already moving to AAA. That's a nice little in my. There. I've got him on like twenty thousand teams, and mm-hmm. I only play in like twelve leagues. Um, I kind of in my head, I'm writing him off just to make sure that I went out and got somebody to replace him, not just on the interim, mm-hmm. but not you know hoping he does come back. But even when he comes back, you can't count on him for the rest of the season. Yeah, true. I kind of like that as a cheap pickup, though. It's kind of. I, I, oh, no, absolutely. But, I mean, if it was one, he had like one white hot stretch this year, but he hasn't produced all that well this year either. 
True. Uh, Ryan Nelson for a buck. I believe he's on the bump tonight. I was looking at uh, – oh, that's Tommy Henry on the bump tonight. Sorry. Right. Ryan Nelson uh, picked up here for a buck. Mike Moustakis moves for a buck. Chris Sale, who I cut, I think, last week, he has begun a throwing program. He was picked up by Eric Holtzman for a buck. Osvaldo Beto for a buck. Andy Abanez for a buck. Austin Cox for Kansas City took the loss on Wednesday. Um, only three and two-thirds innings, but this is this is what you got to do in 16-team mixed leagues. You got to scrape a little bit and yep. and hope and pray. Uh, Jared Young, kind of a late bloomer. He's been starting the past few days, getting to start again today against the Guardians. Uh, Cody Bellinger's back, but yeah, Young is... It seems to be getting a little look, and given his age, 27 years old at, at AAA, hard to put much stock into a 1030 OPS. But uh, is Jared Young maybe going to be a, a flash in the pan for fantasy? He might. I mean, first base, you mentioned Bellinger might be going back to the outfield. That game actually probably started uh, Wrigley, yeah, field, probably, Wrigley yeah. field today. Um, there's still Matt Mervis, right? So it's almost like let's – the Cubs want to give Young a look before maybe calling up Mervis for good or using Mervis for good. I don't know. See if there's something there. Yeah, but Young's off to a nice start. Does have his uh, first career homer already. So had that in his debut on June 28th. And, you know, we see these types come in every year who, you know, they don't have sustainability in the big leagues, but they come up and they have some success and, Maybe he's the latest late bloomer who can have a, a little bit of a run before the league kind of figures him out. Jared Young, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, other pickups here. Let's see. Uh, Drew Waters. I had a bid on and on him. I guess I got Moniac, so my contingent on Waters uh, didn't go through. James got him for zero. David Peterson's back. He goes for zero. Colin Ray, Donovan Solano, Mason Miller. Jake Irvin, Patrick Bailey, and Tyler Soderstrom. That's it's only one catcher league, but that Soderstrom kid has been just crushing on the farm. I have to imagine he's up in the second half. Uh, any other players caught your eye or kind uh, of have your fancy this week? No, I um I'm surprised that Bailey lasted this long. Of everybody that listed, I think I like David Peterson at zero over most of the pitchers that you talked about. I have to check to see how long I think Peterson will stick around, if at all. But he was pitching well on the farm and did well in his first uh, first game today or this week. So um, why don't you go over the uh, the staff keeper league? I'm well, just, you know, <laughs> just being somewhat silly. <laughs> I was going to say in the uh, Derek Van Riper's Mocking League, Brandon Fott was available. He only goes for five. So it kind of shows, you know, out of a $100 budget, he was available to everybody. The uh, enthusiasm that, in the industry has really died down. That could be, yeah, it could be six too many. Yeah, talked to, <laughs> talked a little bit about him with James uh, on XX, a serious uh, last hour, and James thinks that his stuff just isn't there. I think that it's in his head at this point too that when you're giving up as many homers, you're not trusting your secondaries or you're being – they know what's coming. So either you're tipping pitches or 
it's too easy to figure out what you're going to throw. And to me, you, you figure that out at the major league level, but Arizona can't afford to have it figure out at the major league level. So it's kind of a conundrum there with Fott. But um, no, nah, I was joking about the staff keeper league because I made a couple trades. And uh, if the season ended, uh, the season's not ending today, so it's not worth finishing that sentence. Yeah, I know where you're going with it, though, because I looked at the standings and I've fallen off a little bit. And I, I know who's who's up there for now. I won't elaborate further. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about rival fantasy. We've been talking rival every Friday on the show this year and I'll tell you a little bit about them right now before we talk about today's picks. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play, that means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code RotoWireMLB at sign up. Deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. All right, Todd, our rival picks for tonight. We are playing the, the fantasy book game where we're picking uh, over-unders for, for a couple players. I, I'm just trying to stick to two because I'm having a hard enough time getting two to hit on the same night. So um, I'm sticking to two picks, and I'm sticking to the pitching, Todd, because like we talked about, it's just easier to predict on a game-by-game basis than the hitting. No, I agree, and I – I've been on a bit of a, of a losing streak, so I'm um, going to be a lot more cautious this week and not as uh, giddy with my picks. I'm going to go you know, back to the basics. Again, go with two, like you say, and uh, build that bankroll back up and then hopefully not lose it again. <laughs> well, I'm going to go – my first pick is going to be the under, the under on James Paxton at 18 18- – Point nine four projected points tonight against Toronto. And you know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, as bad as well, as disappointing as Toronto has been overall, you run into that lineup and it's righty, 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 righty. It's just a hard lineup for a lefty to navigate with really everybody in the lineup being a right-handed hitter. So uh, Toronto is favored here. Minus 140, according to our lineups page, over under nine runs. So, you know, Paxton is, what, the fourth highest number on the board tonight. So uh, I'm going to – I know you kind of hate this term, Todd, but I'm going to fade Paxton and uh, take the under on 18.94 against Toronto. You fade him in DFS. You're just avoiding him here. Um, Or you're just taking advantage of it here. Um that's a tough one. I had it right at I had him right at that line because he's striking batters out left and right. Doesn't really care which side of the plate they're on. Um, so it's just uh, I'm not I'm not touching Paxton tonight. My my lock with air quotes is Freddie Peralta at twenty point nine, almost twenty one points versus Pittsburgh. He's hasn't been going 
enough innings and hasn't been getting enough strikeouts for me to, to you know, to you know, to assume twenty one's an, e- an easy number to get. I don't, and, and Pittsburgh is pesky, you know, up and down in Pittsburgh. Um, you kind of need to get the win. And sorry, Milwaukee, but I'm, I don't know that that's guaranteed. So I'm going to go under with Freddie Peralta and kind of figure out my second pick. Yeah, Freddie's been pretty darn disappointing so far. Oh, now your camera's really just off the rails, but that's all right. If you're not watching on YouTube, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, that's that's a good one because Freddie has been disappointing. And while the Brewers are favored, um, it's, it's only slightly on the road. And so I could see uh, Peralta failing to hit that, hit that number tonight. Okay, the other one for me is going to be actually the uh, top – projected over under on the board tonight and that's Shane McClanahan at 21.46 points McClanahan he is working on some extra rest because he had an injury his last time out it was a back issue so he's uh, got a little bit of extra rest built in here doesn't sound like it was really a serious issue that forced him out it was totally precautionary according to Kevin Cash so I'm not really worried about his health and his ability to to throw his normal pitch count. Um, you take that last outing out of it, he's been he's been McClanahan. He's been fantastic. So uh, this is kind of a you know it's a skills play, but also it's kind of a game theory play because I don't think a lot of people will be on McClanahan as the top projected over under on the board. So maybe a low ownership situation with McClanahan even as good as he is coming off the injury maybe you could uh be one of the few who has the over on McClanahan except you're playing against the the you're playing against the the, uh, the house you're not playing against the field so um, that's a good point but at the same time I mean it's a good I think it's an excellent DFS suggestion okay. but honestly don't know you know you're playing against the uh, the house here but yeah I I have McClanahan over as one of my possibilities and I have Pablo Lopez over as one of my possibilities playing Baltimore Baltimore's I'm I'm more scared of Baltimore's offense than I am of Seattle's. So until Seattle's offense kicks it in gear and for what it's worth, I've turned my camera off because it's distracting. I'm going to check out, you know, the, the connections and the wires later, but anyway, so just have to envision me talking. Um, Yeah. So McClanahan and or Lopez, will be my choice. But the, the player I like even more than both those pitchers, I think 12 points batting out of Luis Robert tonight, Luis Robert Jr. I know it's Oakland and, and, and funky cold Medina, but that's a, a 12 points is a ton for a batter in, in this format. So um, I think I actually like that as my second best bet. So I just may pair Robert on the under with Peralta is my main is my main uh, selection tonight. I feel like if you hit or if you took the unders on hitters, you'd be right like seventy five percent of the time. But it's just hard knowing which ones to attack. But I I like the idea of uh, going under on Robert because that number is so high. I mean, I don't really remember doing this every Friday seeing a hitter at twelve. No, especially I mean, not Robert's really good. Yeah. And he stole a couple bases the other day. So that's 
part of his game again. But I mean, we haven't seen, you know, Freddie Freeman and Coors wasn't twelve points. So that that's just kind of a weird algorithm. Mm-hmm. I hear you, and I, well, I he's totally get twenty tonight, right? You know, I totally hear what you're saying about, you know, you're playing against the house, so maybe that's kind of a throwaway argument. But at the same time, you're still competing against a, a group of people, and a certain percentage of them will have certain players and i just i think even though you're playing against the house you could give yourself an, a leg up on the all the others playing tonight by uh you're not playing play. against them you're not playing against them though you're, you're <laughs> not what you're saying but you're trying to you're trying to beat them you're not you're playing not. against them but you're, you're not trying to, all you're trying to do is beat them. the house you're trying to beat the odds what other people are doing i mean it, if you want to if the odds if the if if the odds are set to try to get people to want to choose the player, I can see, but I don't know how the odds are set. You know, if, the odds, yeah, if the odds are set to see how the market might react to make you think about that player, I think that might be part. I think you can get an advantage there. So let's say the odds are set that way. I, I yes, the way you're approaching, I think makes sense, but um, I just, I kind of, what do I think the player will do and what others think? Unless they have a uh, crystal ball, it's kind of irrelevant to me. I hear what you're saying. Maybe it's just kind of a disconnect to have jumping from traditional DFS to this. I have, I have half but a anyway. year. I have half a year to get you straight. It's good. Well, I just, <laughs> I still think you want to differentiate maybe here and there. But anyway, uh, Bobby Miller was a consideration of mine, but he's really struggled. Um, past couple starts anyway. So Bobby Miller, even though this could be a get-right spot, ended up straying away from him as a pick tonight because of the recent performance. He just hasn't looked as, as sharp past couple outings. Uh, anything else on your mind before we move the two-star pitchers here, Todd, for next week? Yeah, I, I'm now on twice, so I need to uh, figure out which of these is superfluous and get rid of it. Well, it looks like you're... Your video is still jumping, so. Uh, I got the video off. Are we good? Yeah, we're, we're good. All right. Okay. I, I, for some reason, I, I I I logged on a second time somehow. I don't know. I need a break. No, when's, when, no when's the we all-star all break? When's we the all all-star do. break? Uh, we all deserve one. Well, <laughs> let's get into the two-star pitchers. We are into July, the first week of July, the week of July oh. 3rd. Yeah. A happy Independence Day to you in the U.S. next week. Hope you enjoy some uh, time to catch your breath like Todd and I could use. Uh, Zach Davies next week. It's going to be versus the Mets, the struggling Mets, versus the Pirates. Two home starts for Davies. Look, I would go zero in most cases, but I'll give him a points league one because I have him in – Top words head to head, and maybe I will. Actually, no, I think I dropped him there. But actually, uh, since I dropped him, let's go zero. <laughs> I thought I, I have to give him a one because I still had him. But I I don't have him, but I'm going to give him a one for the reason you're you're kind of alluding to. Arizona's going to be favored in both those games. Probably, yeah. You know, home games against two teams. You know, I I think I think Arizona's going to be favored. Pick up a win. 
Now, I'd like the bullpens to be better for Arizona, but it isn't. Real quick, one thing we should mention that we do every week this 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 during this week every year is that uh, they're always subject to change, right? We talk about that, but with the with the impending midseason hiatus, on a whim, managers are gonna not start a guy, you know, just to extend his extend his break. Uh, Miami's already talked about Yuri Perez potentially getting an extended time off around the break. Other managers will do that with other pitchers. So it's even more subject to change as normal. Really good thing to add because you're right. Some of these youngsters, they can build in some extra rest by just skipping a start before or after the break. So pay close attention and, uh, yeah, be aware that these grades, like every week, extremely tentative. Bryce Elder at Cleveland at Tampa Bay. I'm not gonna go five. And I'm kinda I'm kinda wondering if you'll even go four here, but I'm gonna go four because of just how well he's pitched and he's probably pitching over his head, but you know, until somebody gets to him. I don't think it's going to be Cleveland. Um, Um, Timeout. You can't see me doing timeout. Cleveland has crushed it in June. Really? Yeah. They are averaging like the third or fourth. I I wrote about it in Todd's takes. They're averaging like the sixth most runs per game in June. It's 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 surprising to me. Yeah, it it, it has gone under the radar. But I'll look it up as as we're mentioning. Uh, they they don't strike out, and now they are scoring runs. So they are not the ideal team to target. Um, so I'm well, not, I still I'm, think yeah. I still would like to pick on them. But no, you're right, right that it's fair to say that they're not been as bad. I mean, yeah, lately, one of the things that I mean, this is kind of off topic, and I've talked with my friend and colleague Tristan Cockcroft a lot about this. I think we've talked about it as well. When we make decisions in general, not just us for two starts, but you know, we look at the opposed the lineups uh, walk rate, the lineup strikeout rate, the lineups woba against lefties against righties. The problem is we don't know what a decent sample size is to trust those numbers. We're kind of just guessing. Well, the Cleveland's fanning at a twenty-one percent against whatever, and the sample and, and everybody does it. DFS and rival everything. I keep wanting to do a study, and maybe one of these years I finally will. As to let's figure out what time frame is needed to trust these numbers that we're trusting because they're not trustworthy. So, the point being, the fact that Cleveland's scoring runs in June is that more important than they're still low on the scale for the whole season? Mm. I, the answer is I don't know. You know, I don't know yeah. if you trust the June numbers. Well, you trust the yearly numbers, so that's a, that's a, a reason for to pick on them, like you are. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, we have all these stats available to us, but the stabilization points and you know, just the point yeah. where it becomes meaningful is up for yeah, people. right, exactly. Oh. And it may there may not be an answer because mm-hmm. lineups change and players change, and maybe the all answer, these X factors. Yeah. yeah, maybe the answer is, and I know someone that does this. I'm sure there's a lot of people that do this. Once the lineup comes out, they run the numbers for that lineup. But then how do you trust the, the players' numbers? You know, are they trustworthy? So, yeah, it's nuts. Anyway, um, where am I? I'm going to go three with um, 
Oh, you're going three on Elder. With Elder. Uh, yeah, I just I, – I, both of them are away games, and both lineups are kind of – they don't strike out, and, and strikeouts count. Maybe a regression week for Elder. I'm going to stay four, but I, I see yeah, where you're okay, coming from. Okay. Uh, Tyler Wells, he's got to go to the Bronx. So he's at the Yankees at Minnesota. Same for Kyle Gibson. Uh, Tyler Wells – Oh, he's got to oppose Domingo Herman, by the way. Um, I was going to say four, but I'm thinking three because even though the Yankees aren't like that scary right now, it is still a tough park to pitch and you can get bit with the long ball occasionally. So I'm going to go three on him and just a one on Kyle Gibson. I, think. I like Wells. I'm tempted yeah. to go four. Giancarlo Stanton starting to warm up a little bit. Yeah. So I'm a little that that, that yeah, the lineup. Uh, um so um I'm going to go three on Wells, but I do think that he, there's four potential in there. Both away games that takes away a little bit. And Gibson's won eight games against five losses, but would you go any higher than a one? I I can't myself. I can't. I yeah. I I'm, I can go zero easier than two, <laughs> but I will go one. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian Bayo of the Red Sox seems to kind of be coming into his own finally. I mean, seven innings of one run ball yesterday, uh, 5Ks, one walk. So after some struggles earlier this year, I mean, man, Brian Bayo's been fantastic. He has. Yeah. Over his last 49 and two thirds innings, he has a 217 ERA, 101 whip. The Ks may not pop off the page, but. 43 to 15 K to walk over those last 49 and two thirds. So um, yeah, their, their depth has really been tested and they've been ravaged in that rotation, but Brian Bay has been a bright spot versus Texas versus Oakland. I think I'm going to go four. I'm going to go four. It's one of those, you want to say five, but he hasn't earned five yet. Yeah. You know, he, but I'm, so I'm going to go four. And what a story, though. He's, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not re- ready or willing to shift my focus to next year yet, but I'm kind of just in my head thinking, man, I'm curious to know where Bayo is going to be drafted next year because uh, he is showing a lot of promise. All right, next up, two star pitchers um, Drew Smiley at the Milwaukee Brewers, then at the Yankees. Um, you know when you pick him up, you're going to get burned, but you always got to <laughs> consider maybe going back to the well. Um, at Milwaukee, at the Yankees, I think I'm going to go three on Smiley. Uh, he doesn't look good lately. Um, true. Matchups aren't that scary, though. I'm going to go three. What about Kyle Hendricks? You and I have both been skeptical, but he's been – Pitching well, are you willing to roll the dice on Hendricks this week? I think you got to go. I don't think you can go zero. No, no. Um, I'm going to go one. I think two is probably better, but I'm going to go one. All right, I got you down as a one there on Kyle Hendricks. As great as the Reds have been, as fun as they are, some major issues in that rotation still. I'd love to see them address some of those issues via trade, but 
In the meantime, Luke Weaver looks set to continue on in that rotation. He does get Washington on the road, then at Milwaukee. I'm still going to go zero because if you've used them to this point, he's taking a torch to your ratio. So Luke Weaver is going to be a zero. Yeah. Um, what was the game? Was it Weaver? Who was he matched up against the other day? Uh, I forget. Who was that? It was another lousy. Oh, it's the Orioles. Um, Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Anybody, anybody expecting a pitcher's duel here is, is on something. But anyway, that was one of the, that was one of the 11 to 10 games, I believe. Now I'm going to, I agree. I'm going to go zero. And the Reds selected Alec Mills's contract from AAA. Um, Reds do have that opening. So yeah, it makes sense that we would slot him in. Not somebody I would consider though. Alec Mills is zero. Agreed. It's nice to see Graham Ashcraft back. We'll see how he pitches, mm-hmm. but it's good to have him back. The Reds got Andrew Abbott pitching well, so it's only kind of right that they counterbalance with the guy yeah. like Weaver stinking up the place. But they're yeah, just going to have to outslug everybody in the meantime. Yeah, and Green's one of the guys that, you know, they're taking advantage of the break, not rushing him back. Mm-hmm. True, true. Well, Gavin Williams did Gavin Williams things and really lived up to the hype in his outing in Kansas City. Seven innings of shutout ball, six Ks, only one walk, only one hit. So uh, there were some questions, you know, will Gavin Williams stick around? I think maybe those aren't completely put to rest, but uh, for the most part. So versus Atlanta versus KC, I think I want to go four. Um, Although, man. like you said, with a young arm like this, they could maybe uh, skip that second one. They might. They might, but who are you going to use? Yeah. Um, Especially because they have seven games next week. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done it. Not that it matters, but I let you know who's pitching on Sunday. That means they may not pitch the All Star game. Uh, Spencer Strider is scheduled to start Sunday. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if they'll figure something out there to, so he can pitch in the All Star. Flippy and Elder or something like that. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, or skip skip somebody i don't know we'll see but anyway but that's another thing to look for is uh someone who potentially could be in the all-star game does their team facilitate that happening um williams man at atlanta but it's in cleveland uh i i still can just go three i know kansas city is such a good matchup but i still can only go three okay i hear you there you're on Gavin Williams at three, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And Bieber. Yeah, Bieber is a tough one. I'm going to go four on Bieber, too. Oh, gosh. I'm going to go four, but it's kind of like a high four. I'm going to go four. Well, the Rockies have two off days next week, but uh, we're tentatively projecting Kyle Freeland to, to maybe get two at Houston, at San Francisco, even though they're on the road. I mean, this is a guy who has pitched worse on the road throughout his career. So I'm going to go zero on Freeland. Going zero as well. Yeah. Yeah. Can't do that. All right. Next up, Lucas Giolito. Um, yeah. Versus Toronto. Then versus St. Louis. He's pitched better lately, hasn't he? I got the win. David did give up four runs, but um, 
Yeah, but it was yeah. Looking at the game log, he's been quite a bit better lately. Two, three, two ERA over his last five starts. Yeah, those last two were like on two homers in the you know like yeah. he had, you know very towards the end. He gave him up. You know, I think it was the Angels gave him up, but you know was trying to get a little extra inning out of him, and from you know went from six innings, two runs to seven and four. But no, I agree. I think he's he's fine. Um, you know, probably pitching for a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be on hug alert this time soon. This time soon, jeez. <laughs> I think I've already we're checked just, out. I think I've already checked. We're I've on already checked out. I'm all upset about this whole camera thing. I'm checked out already. Gosh, <laughs> that's gonna, Friday I'm, for you, man. I'm going to donate my pay for this podcast to a charity. Not that you know. Anyway, um, let's go with. He gets paid for this. Yeah, whatever. Um, Giolito. That's a couple. Uh, I'm gonna go four. I don't know. You probably already said that, but anyway. Yeah, I, I did put a four on Giolito, but okay, we're on the same page. Uh, Tariq Skubal, next start is expected to come in the majors, according to the Athletics. So he's on the 60 day IL right now, but he's been really good on his rehab assignment. Small sample caveats, of course, but one two three ERA twenty to three K to walk and fourteen and two thirds innings between high A and triple A. So, uh, been a while since we've seen Scooble at the big league level. Did pitch some last year, but uh, good to see him back healthy from the elbow issue. And uh, probably only going to go one, but that's you know he's going to be a, a potential pickup. I think I am going to go two. Yeah. Um, there's some the trust thing. there. Part of it is Oakland. Uh, you know, and I'm, you know, I don't know that Toronto's going to give guys off that Sunday, but they do have a few all-stars. So maybe they do give a couple guys an off because they're going to be playing in a couple days. So I'm going to go two. Yeah, I, I can see that. I'm going to stick one, but I, again, I do think he's a guy to maybe pick up. And even if you don't turn them loose next week, you, you uh, see what you got. You give him a couple of weeks to see what you have. And yeah, yeah. Scooble. yeah. Uh, Christian Javier and JP France for the Houston Astros. Javier's seven and one, but kind of seems like things have kind of gotten a bit hairy for Christian Javier lately. Gave up six runs yesterday, or I guess two days ago. Um, hung a couple four spots lately. So he has a seven two seventy ERA over his last four starts. Not time to panic, but I do think at Texas versus Seattle, you know, I'm going to go four. I, I'm not willing to say three on a guy like this yet. Um, I think I'm with you, but I may be a little bit more not time to panic. I think I think it's, I think I'm closer to panic time than you are, if that yeah. makes any sense. Uh, he's been rescued. The team has just kind of rescued him. And a couple of poor outings, getting him off the hook for the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will go for. I'm a, I'm struggling a little bit more in France because to me he's the same. He's the kind of guy that, I mean, regression is just coming. Yeah. Uh, sure. Two two four three ERA over his past five starts, but he's only fanned eighteen in those thirty three and a third innings with twelve walks. Yeah, unlike Javier, who gets. The Rangers on the road to start the week. France's first start of next week is home against the Rockies, so that does help his it case. It does help. Bit. It does help. Yeah, but, I'm still going to go three on France. Though. 
right. Three is fine. I mean, I think people may think it's a four, but I, I think we have to be wary of their, the, he just hasn't been, the skills mm-hmm. are not there right now. Um, he was, he fanned eight, tw- eight in a row, eight batters twice in a row, but since then the strikeouts have just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is a guy who I think that regression monster is uh, but he's tracking going, down. He's pitched at least six innings for six straight starts. So your points lead that you're talking that you meant you like to mention as we should, he's been fine there because points innings count mm-hmm. in points leagues. So anyway, I don't know that he's a four in points leagues, but it's just I think he's out over the out ahead of himself a little bit, out pitching his peripherals a little bit. I'm with you there. Okay, next up, Austin Cox of the Kansas City Royals. I mentioned him uh, among the stake league pickups and really has got good numbers, but he's been in the bullpen for the most part. So, yeah, take those numbers with, you know, grain of salt. He's transitioning to the rotation as an entirely different animal. And, you know, he, he gave up four runs in his first start. And I think more importantly, he only went three and two thirds. So, Maybe if things go better for him on the mound this week, he could get to five. But you know, until he's a little bit further stretched out, I think I'm only going to go one on Austin Cox. I'm not. I'm going to go zero. I don't. I mean, seventy pitches at most, eighty, eighty-five next time. And I don't. To me, that's just not enough. Minnesota's kind of disappointing, but yeah, yeah, they are really disappointing. They are. They are. But even so, uh, the the pitcher himself. I just don't see it. I hear you. Are you going zero on Granky, or would you maybe give him a one? I'm, I think I'll go one. Uh, it's Granky. I don't want to go zero. I'll go one. Mm-hmm. I'm so, not picking him up. And if I have him in a DC draft champions, I am looking to see if I have somebody else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll give him a one. No two star pitchers for the Angels. So that's a decent spot to take a quick break we'll throw to a quick word from our blue wire sponsors and we'll be right back here on the rotowire fantasy baseball podcast we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Lincoln, Todd Zola, wrapping things up today, going through the last of our projected two-star pitchers for next week, the week of July 3rd, 2023. Clayton Kershaw. Versus Pitt versus the Angels. Uh, I don't really see any reason to, to get into this. He does have a bit of well, shoulder no, that's, information. That, that's yeah. the reason to get into it. Yeah. And he's a veteran pitcher, and it's around the break. Very good points. Yeah, there actually is definitely reason to get into Kershaw. And he actually pulled himself yeah. from his last outing. So that's, that's notable. So the, the point being, he could miss the entire week. If he's yeah. not good enough to go early in the week, I don't see him one start before the break. I see them just shutting him down and giving him the first start after the break. Uh, real quick before we forget, I don't think it's not a huge deal, but second year in a row, the Dodgers and the Angels do not play on this on the last Sunday of this. Of yeah, the, I noticed that. Uh, it's just a quirk. They got their two games scheduled. It's not like there's a doubleheader scheduled or anything like that because um, unsche- unscheduled games for a doubleheader. Um, this isn't that it just second year in a row for whatever reason, whether there's something going on in Los Angeles that traffic wise, I don't know, but um, it's not, it's not in that. It's not an incorrect in our schedule. They have Sunday off the angels and the Dodgers. And they're not playing in London or anything for them. No, no, they're games. playing in, yeah. uh, in LA or yeah. one of the two LA's. Yeah. It, 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 it is. It did happen last year. So I had a little little bit of work I did. Yeah. Why, why are they doing this? Uh, it, it happened last year. So anyway. yeah, good good thing to note. I saw that too. I was like, that's weird that they're off Sunday. But yeah, not a mistake in our grid, that's for sure. Um, I'm going to give Kershaw four, but it is up in the air. If he's not yeah, no, I, Monday, he goes to a zero. Yeah, you know what? I, you know, if he starts, I'm going to give him a five. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely worth paying. I mean, it's Pittsburgh and it's the Angels, but it's in 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 Dodger Stadium. So I'm going to give him five. Okay, yeah. You know, I'm going to go five, too. But, I again, he starts Monday, so at least it's not Tuesday. If he gets scratched, put on the IL, you can yeah, 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 you can yeah. bump him out. Um, not a two-star guy, but good on Emmett Sheehan 
holding his own in cores yesterday. It wasn't a flashy outing, but 5K, zero walks, only three earned runs. That'll that'll do. Yeah. Emmett Sheehan. He, he escaped. No, he absolutely. And I love Johnny Cueto, and so it pains me, you know, that he's kind of the guy he is now. But maybe he comes back and is okay. I'd, I expect more of uh, the struggles that we saw earlier this year. He gave up seven earned runs his last outing against Durham in the minors, the uh, rehab outing. Before that, he gave up six. So even during the rehab, it's been brutal for Johnny. I'm going to go zero. Yeah, so why is he there? He's there because Cabrera's hurt, right? Well, he's there because yeah. he's now healthy. But who's he replacing? I guess he's replacing Cabrera. And, uh, you know, it's that, that Perez start, you know, Craig Mish said that Perez is going to be slowed down around the break. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he starts Thursday, I mean, it's not like he has two starts, but it may just be that he starts Thursday, and maybe he doesn't start until the fifth game once it, once teams come back, and that's kind of how they stretch it out. But we'll know more then. Um, Braxton it's been a Garrett. revelation, though. Wow. Oh, man, yeah. Um, Braxton Garrett. Um, oh, gosh, I'm being biased by looking like Cy Young against the Red Sox this week. <laughs> Um, I'm still going to go three. I mean, he's pitched pretty well. I'm going to go three. Yeah, that's what I jotted down. Uh, versus St. Louis, versus Philly, two home starts. Yeah. Uh, definitely a nice option, but uh, I'm going to stick with the three, too. Uh, Julio Tehran. <laughs> I feel like Tehran always somehow comes up here. But uh, And versus the Cubs, versus the Reds, a couple – Divisional opponents gave up four homers this last time out. Is that bad, Todd? I think, yeah, well, the, the regression monster bit, and now he might be here for the whole shebang. He might want the whole cake here. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go zero because I just I do feel like it's a trap still. I do. I do as well. Um, home games, Cincinnati's. Eh. I am gonna go one though. I think you are going one on zero. Yeah, I mean. I he was over out pitching his peripherals, but I mean, strip that out. I mean, he's not going to have four homers every game. I think it's I'm not using him, but I think he deserves a one. It's hard not to give me. A, it's hard for me not to give a one for two home games unless it's in Colorado. Yeah, it's kind of a good rule of thumb. I hear what you're saying. Well, the regression monster got a bite of Joe Ryan this week. I mean, he's been awesome, but and you can't expect him to pitch like he has all year uh, to this point, but five home runs. They just clobbered him. It is Atlanta, but kind of a return to earth for Joe Ryan versus Kansas City versus Baltimore. I'm still going to go five, though. That's a bounce back uh, for Joe Ryan. Yeah, I think, yeah, the game, you know, stuff happens, and that's mm-hmm. what happened last game. So I'm going to go, it's, you know, it's kind of an air quote, low end five, but it's a five. Plus Atlanta like laps the field in terms of hard hit balls as a team. So they're just kind of a different beast. Is that good? I think so. <laughs> they are now the favorites, uh, betting favorites to win the World Series. Yeah. You can ask Rotowire's Nick Whalen. I, I said they were my pick to win it uh, before the season even started. So uh, how about that? Um, all right, next up, Cody Sanga of the disappointing Mets. He's at Arizona, at the Padres. So 
How's Senga been pitching lately? He's striking guys out left and right, yeah. but he's also giving up runs. I mean, he's kind of been stingy. I mean, sub three ERA was last six. He's all right, maybe been pretty impressive. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, you're right that he's been racking up the K's lately. So I think I want to go four. I am as well. Maybe I'm. Maybe it was just one outing that I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. and I'm juxtaposing that onto everything else. But um, you know, maybe maybe I'm thinking that St. Louis outing because other than that, he has been really good. I was kind of doing the selective endpoints thing, you know. You oh can no, kind of make no, any no, yeah. argument you want with selective endpoints. I probably was using him in DFS that night or something, which is why it's in my head of the of the four runs or happened to be watching that game for whatever reason. But no, you're right. I mean, he he's been good with the long ball, so no, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next up. Domingo Herman, how do you think he follows up that perfect game? Baseball is so wacky. That was, what, the 24th perfect game in history, so mm. completely out of nowhere. My personal feelings about Herman aside, versus Baltimore, versus the Cubs, I'm going to go three. He hasn't really pitched like a three. I don't know after a perfect game how he could really go lower than that. Oh, I could, anyway. Uh, home against Baltimore. Um... I'm going to go two. I I just don't think he's – he was not pitching well at all before that game. That's fair. So, if he he didn't – he had that game, but if he didn't have that game, I don't know that I'd go higher than two. So, now, he didn't – he wasn't extended with the number of pitches. Sometimes you have to – well, he threw 120 pitches to get that no-hitter – he, he didn't even throw 100. He ended up with 99 pitches, so that's not an issue. But he just wasn't doing anything prior. I mean, the game prior, he gave up four homers to Seattle, who's hit like four homers all month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It is probably he's unwise to get caught up in that. He's kind of like, like the little girl with curls, right? There's nothing in between. It's a shutout or it's a blowout with mm-hmm. him. Anyway. That has been the case. Uh, now, we talked last week, I think it was, or maybe the week before, about how Clark Schmidt had kind of quietly turned things around versus Baltimore versus the Cubs. Hmm. I'm going to put him on par with Herman at, at a three here. Um, yeah, I'd like to see more strikeouts. I'm going to go two. I need two. I, I, I don't – the strikeouts – are just terrible. Um, yeah, no. I, 14 strikeouts and 26 and two-thirds. I, I, th- those count. Um, I, I, can't, I can't go higher than two. All right. Which, tell, well, which tells you how bad he was pitching before I'm willing to give him a two. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he was abysmal before. J.P. Sears is only one and six, but he's kind of been – Okay, I, I've kind of been happy, at least in the stake league, which is 16 team. Um, aside from his last outing, I've been pretty happy with what I've been getting out of Sears. Heading into that outing against the Yankees this week where he struggled, he had a 2.86 ERA over his last six appearances. So kind of up and down. He does get Detroit on the road, then at Boston tentatively. I'm going to go two, but yeah, I could see myself – trotting him out this week. Yeah, I'm going to go too and just hope that the Red Sox don't decide to go goofy. 
the day before the All-Star break, which is kind of their MO. See, now I'm making, you know, now that, now that you know, the Reds are, are just cruising, now I have to be the one to be, you know, taking shots at my team. <laughs> yeah, you can be the bitter, disgruntled <laughs> fan for a while. You know what? No, not anymore. I got, I got, I got four wins since the turn of the century. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. I, I don't remember the Reds' last World Series win. I was two, I think, 1990. <laughs> All right, Aaron Nola. This is a tough one. I'm not going to go five. He's still four, but we we talked about how we like to kind of keep those five special and just isn't pitching like that special guy he's been. And I, I can't point to the underlying metrics and say, hey, a little unlucky. I mean, I think what you see is what you get now. I'm going to go four as well. I don't love these matchups. I mean, this, this, I, he, not, he may not head down to the all-star break on a high note. True. For the Pirates, uh, Mitch Keller, Luis Ortiz, two guys who could kind of fit that mold of uh, maybe skipping that second one around the break, but uh, tentatively two for Mitch Keller and Luis Ortiz. Uh, they got to face the Dodgers, though, and then Arizona, so both on the road. So Mitch Keller, I'm going to go three, but Luis Ortiz, uh, only a two. And that's probably – I think I think I'm going to go four and one. I, oh, wow. I'm just that impressed with Mitch Keller. Yeah? Yeah. I think he's the real deal. I think so, which means he's going to not be the real deal this week. No, but I mean, I, I you know the strikeouts are down just a tad, but yeah, he's keeping the ball in the yard. I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna go four and two, or four and one. Well, Blake Snell has four consecutive double-digit strikeout games. So his last outing, he punched out ten. Before that, eleven, then twelve, and twelve. So what a run! He's forty-five to five K to walk over his last 25 innings. He's known to do this kind of just turn it on around the all-star break. And it looks like uh, the Snell of what? 2018. I think he's better. This is yeah. he's better than that. He might be. Uh, he wasn't, he was only pitching five innings and t- you know, they were, yeah. the Braves were protecting him. I think he's better than he was. Back. Rays, At least yeah. this run, this run, he's better than he was during his Cy Young year, whether he missed sustains it or not. Yeah. is another question but this the, the quality of this run was better than that hopefully you were patient with blake snell because it did take a while for him to round into this form but man what a run so it's going to be the angels at home and then the mets i think he's kind of got back in that five yep I think he's back as a five yep yep no absolutely yeah no it's kind sure. of hard for me to fathom he, given where he, he was two months ago he might i, I have to go back and think but he may be the, the top-ranked player, This the top-ranked – not that it matters, you know, whatever. But um, other than the fact that that's whose picture gets put on the article. Mm-hmm. But he could be the the number – looking at the names, he could be the number one-ranked pitcher this week. Brian Wu of Seattle was getting some love in the chat here today, and deservedly so. He came up and had some struggles initially in his first outing against Texas, but since then, 20 and two-thirds innings, 28 to 5K to walk. Only five earned runs. That translates to a 2-180 array. And so, yeah, if you haven't been paying attention to Brian Wu, it's time to start paying attention. And um, let me double-check these matchups. What are they? At San Francisco, at Houston? 
San Francisco, great part, park to pitch in, but they've been pretty good lately. So I, I'm going to go three to kind of bake in some some possible, you know, skepticism as, as far as what he's doing lately. But he's bordering on a four already for me. I'm going to go three to Woo. Gilbert is tough for me because hmm. he's a five guy that has not been pitching that well. And I'm not even sure that he was a five long enough to comfortably say he's an ace. I think he was a fledgling ace more than anything. Um, but I don't know. The support numbers, excuse me, are still pretty good. I mean, a 1.06 whip, 93. No, I'm, I'm going to go four. I just talked myself into it. 93 yeah. strikeouts and 92 innings, um, a battering inning, and a 1.06 whip is elite. So I think he's probably just been snake bit a bit. 12 homers and 92 innings isn't even that bad. So I, I'll bet you his left on base percentage. I'll look it up. But I'll bet you his left on base percentage is low. Logan Webb hasn't really been pitching like a five, but you know, he's kind of a, a four talent, and that's kind of how he's been pitching. He's pitching about to his uh, skills. and Versus Seattle, versus Colorado, both at home, I'll go four on Logan Webb. Those matchups, I'm going. I, I I was, you know, keep in mind, I'm higher on Webb than uh, than coming in. I'm going five. Um, hmm. He gave up five runs in the first inning last time, then gutted out another four scoreless. So I mean, five and five does not look good. But um, uh, you know, considering how it came, uh, just to put things in perspective, Logan Gilbert's FIP is three six. X FIP is three six six. Uh, control left the Sierra. So he's pitching much better. Half a run below his 4.1 ERA. So I, um, I, that just, to me, it, it, it's, I'm grading him, keeping him for a three, six, eight Sierra. So he's just been a uh, snake bit a little bit. And let me just double check left on base. Yeah, there it is. Like I mentioned, 64 and a half. Hmm. His left on base percentage is 64.5, about 10, 10 ticks lower than what one would expect. Yeah, good point there. Now, Miles Michaelis and Adam Wainwright for the Cardinals at Miami at the White Sox. Uh, Wainwright's really been struggling. Deleted his Twitter account, I believe. Yeah. Uh, getting so much hate from that fan base. Come on, guys. He's giving you a lot over the years. But uh, at Miami, at the White Sox. I think Michaelis. I'll go three on Michaelis. And probably only a one on Wayno. I'm going two on Michaelis. He's the same as these non these these low contact guys. I mean, mm-hmm. or high high contact, low strikeout guys. You just it's there's a risk. Mm-hmm. I think the only one I even kind of trust a little bit is Strowman. I know that's you know different team, well past the Cubs, but I think he you know he's probably the as close as I come to trusting one of these you know non dominant aces. I said one on Wainwright. I'm going to go zero, actually. Okay. I just the way he's pitching. Would you go one on Wainwright? Those matchups, well, Miami's tough. Those, I'm going to go one. I'm okay. going to, but it's kind of out of respect. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Zach Eflin. He's home for a couple. He does have to face a couple good offenses in the Phillies and Braves, but man, man, he's not a five. But I'm going to go four. He's at home. Um, I think he is a five. Yeah, 
I, I'm going to go low in five. Yeah. Atlanta's just such a. I think we're kind of. Scared of I think we're probably uh, 4.4 and 4.5. Mm. So you're rounding down and I'm rounding up. Yeah. I think we're kind of at the, in the same neighborhood. Yeah, I think essentially. Uh, Martin Perez, he's got to face Houston at home and then at Washington. You like the second half of that. <clears throat> this guy just perpetually seems like a trap, but... Not this year. This year he's just yeah. playing bad. Well, I mean, he, as far as like real-life baseball, he's been a serviceable pitcher. He's been 7-3 well, with a 4-2-80, right? Well, that, yeah. Well, the Serviceable back-end starter. Yeah, that's because the Rangers score a ton of runs. The 1.4 mm. whip is a crusher that's and more true. indicative of the type of pitcher that he is. True, true. I'm going to go one, I think. Um, I don't like it, but you do get uh, you do get Washington at the, at the back half of the week. Yeah, the strikeout potential is low. I've talked about that a few times, but it's Texas. They could he could win a couple of games, as you mentioned. He has he's won seven. Um, so I'm going to go one as well. But it's one of those you have to think about what your team needs before you plug him in. Trevor Richards, still a glorified opener. Essentially, did go three innings his last time out. But uh, did we do Dunning? I don't. Oh no, I didn't do Dunning. Sorry, I skipped over him. Uh, Martin Perez, I had as a one. What, what were you on Perez? I was a one as well. Okay. What about Dunning? Can we can, can we skip Dunning? I mean, what do you do, what do you do with averaging three strikeouts a game for like a month and then suddenly fanning ten? I know it was Detroit. Insert joke here. Um, he was one out away from a complete game. Shut up. Mm. Um, I'm going to go two, but uh, I got a three, but I got you down with two. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't trust the strikeouts, even though he had ten. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that more consistently in that five, six, seven range before I go higher. A lot of disagreements this week with the grades. So that's I'm just thing. in a mood. That's a good thing. We, we agree <laughs> on a lot, but it's good to get a week or two and we, yeah. we're, uh, we're off base from each other a little bit. Trevor Richards, again, a zero. Jake yeah. Irvin and Patrick Corbin. Um, versus Cincy versus Texas. No, I can't give either of these guys a, a positive number. Yeah. Um, wait a minute. We've got Corbin on bereavement through the fourth. Through the fourth. Um, yeah. So it's, it's oh, we good. have him returning on the fourth. Okay. No, the note. All right. So yeah, the note. All right. Okay. So it, it could be up in the air. We'll have to, you know, we'll see. But anyway, I agree. I, it's a zero. But you know, Corbin's maddening in that you know you stack against him and he you know throws six shutout innings. He's just. He's still a vet, a cagey veteran that gets it done once in a while. Um, didn't he get it last time? Yeah, last time he fanned nine Mariners. Mm-hmm. Games before that, didn't you know three, three, five, four, you know? So yeah, don't don't go chasing waterfalls, folks. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't yeah. Go. So, but I'm you know, a little yeah. TLC on your, this Friday. Yeah, you know, he's had a couple of couple of decent games, but it's still Patrick Corbin. Well, let's recap. Our two-star grades for next week, the week of July 3rd. And as I said, a lot of disagreements here, so this may take a minute. <laughs> Catch my breath here. Zach Davies, I say zero, Todd one. Bryce Elder, I say four, Todd three. 
Tyler Wells, three. Kyle Gibson, one. Brian Bayo, four. Drew Smiley, three. Kyle Hendricks, I say two. Todd, one. Luke Weaver, zero. Alec Mills, zero. Gavin Williams, I say four. Todd, three. Shane Bieber, four. Kyle Freeland, zero. Lucas Giolito, four. Tariq Skubal, I say one. Todd, two. Christian Javier, four. JP France, three. <clears throat> Excuse me. Austin Cox, I say one. Todd, zero. Zach Granke, one. Clayton Kershaw, five. Johnny Cueto, zero. Braxton Garrett, three. Julio Tehran, I say zero. Todd, one. Joe Ryan, five. Cody Senga, four. Domingo Herman, I say three. Todd, two. Clark Schmidt, I say three. Todd, two. JP Sears, two. Aaron Nola, four. Mitch Keller, I say three. Todd, four. Luis Ortiz, I say two. Todd, one. Blake Snell, five. Brian Wu, three. Logan Gilbert, four. Logan Webb, I say four. Todd, five. Miles Michaelis, I say three. Todd, two. Adam Wainwright, I say zero. Todd, one. Zach Eflin, I say four. Todd, five. Martin Perez, one. Dane Dunning, I say three. Todd, two. Trevor Richard, zero. Jake Irvin, zero. Patrick Corbin, zero. Well, last week before the break coming up, good luck. Heading into the break. Anything else, Todd, uh, that you want to mention? Uh, not that I can think of. I have uh, one more show on Saturday with James and one more show on Sunday with Jeff, and it's football time. So, uh, yeah, the, you know, that's the, the way it goes. at large will kind of shift to, to baseball. But we'll still have you covered all things fantasy baseball at Rotowire. Yeah, the podcast and Halt, Eric Haltzman and I will be on Saturday still. So, you know, you've been there. It's, it's It pays the bills. We don't like it. We accept it. Anyway, so uh, looking forward to, to talking to people on the radio over the weekend. And uh, you you uh, you keep cool. Enjoy those Reds. And we are yeah. – we don't – yeah, we talk next Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah, we won't have two-star pitchers yeah. to grade, but we'll talk next Friday. Um, Don't. Yeah, we will. Yeah, I, that's what I said. I said oh, we wait, will. wait. We don't. I'm, 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 I'm off a week. All right, so next week is the Friday of the. Next week is not the Friday of the break. It, it's wait. Friday, July seventh. So the break was coming up. All right, that's the right. Following. I'm half. sorry. I'm, oh, I'm being good. silly. We could. We should have signed up ten minutes, two minutes ago. Um, yeah. Anyway, the problem, you know, the thing is, I'm, I'm doing the forecaster for Tristan this week. And their week goes from here to here, and I go here to here, and mm. and uh, it, it just it, it, the dates have just. Uh, where, where's my pillbox? I need to figure out what day it is. All right, that's well, enough. You get, enough a, you get a pass, Todd. You do enough babbling. Enough babbling. All right, thanks, guys. Have a great week. Thank weekend, you, everyone. guys. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.